The one thing I know is no matter a person's age, no matter their place in life, we all know what it's like to have damaged emotions. Sometimes they're from relationships. Someone that we thought we loved said something that wounded us down in our souls, and we don't know what to do with it. And here's the hardest part about those wounds. We can so cover those wounds up, we can go out in society and live life and and look happy and look like everything's together. But down in the engine room of our lives, something isn't right. And those wounds don't get better by themselves. And they cause panic. They cause panic in relationships. They cause panic in life. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you've got your Bibles or your app, turn to Psalm 23 today. If you've got the, uh, the app, North Star Church, Georgia, is probably the easiest way to follow along. If you're watching online, you also have it on there. But thankfully today, we've got some friends in the room. You're like, how in the world did they get in the room? Season tickets to North Star. Did you not hear about it? We've got season tickets available right now, and we're seating. But no, just kidding. They were signed up to come July the 12th, and we had to cancel that service, but they came today, and we've got some information about when we're coming back, so stay tuned till the end. So let, let's pick up, where, pick up where we're at. Larry was talking to us about King David. You know, King David does write this psalm from the perspective of a sheep. Now, I I know you're like me. I don't know a lot about sheep. I don't know a lot about shepherds. And none of this makes sense unless we get into the brain a little bit. So David starts the psalm by saying this, the Lord, he is my shepherd. So we know this about sheep. Sheep are as only as good as their shepherd. So if you were going down an area and you saw two sides of the road, two sides of the highway, one side, the sheep are well-fed, they're well-taken care of, they're safe, the fence around them is safe, they don't have bite marks from, from fleas and all the other things, that could, the insects that could bite them, they're groomed, they're taken care of. In fact, you'll even notice in their area, the fields are even green, and it's because, not because of the sheep, right? It's because of the shepherd. That shepherd has taken care of them. On the other side of the road, You see a group of sheep that are malnourished. Their fence is torn in places. There's a lot of insect bites on them. It's not their fault. It's the shepherd's fault. They're only as good as their shepherd. David says this, I've got a great shepherd. The Lord, he is my shepherd. He watches after me. And here's what he would say to you today. He's your shepherd, whether you're 13 or whether you're 53, he's, he's your shepherd. He's the one that walks with you. But then he said something in verse three that we're gonna spend a little bit of time talking about wounds today. He says this, he, he says this phrase, ready? He restores my soul. You know, we spent a whole series back in the spring talking about soul care. The soul is that engine room of our lives that lives there in that emotional level of our life. And David paints the picture that he restores, he makes, if you're writing it down, he makes right my soul. So here's what would happen back there. It's pretty crazy how it would happen. A sheep 
would wander off. So you had a whole herd and the sheep, because they saw a rabbit run by or they heard a noise, that sheep would wander off from the rest of the herd and they would go wayward. You know the song Reckless Love where it talks about Jesus leaving the 99, going to find the one. It's from something Jesus said. Well, literally it was the picture that the sheep, the, the shepherd would be counting the sheep and he would notice that one of his sheep was gone. Well, he knew this. The sheep, they would go a little ways, and then sometimes that sheep would step in, a, step in a little pit, and that sheep would fall. And when that sheep would fall, they would turn over on their backs with their feet in the air, and they could not right themselves. They couldn't get up on their own. So the sheep's walking along, and it turns, and it falls, and it's Feet now are in the, in the air, and the term is called that sheep is cast down, and it can't fix itself. That sheep can't take care of itself. It can't right itself. It's turned upside down. You remember when David said in the Psalms, why so downcast, O my soul? He was painting the picture that my soul is turned upside down, and I can't help myself. So the shepherd would go look for the sheep and that sheep would be turned upside down. And here's what the shepherd would have to do. He would have to get down on his knees and he would have to turn the sheep back up and put the sheep on its feet to restore the sheep to right footing. Does that make sense to everybody? That's what he would do. That's what the shepherd would do. So the sheep was turned over. Maybe the sheep went to lie down in an area the shepherd hadn't been, and they got in an area that wasn't level, and because their weight was off balance, the sheep couldn't right. Some of you have done this on the beach. The sheep couldn't right itself. They couldn't get up on their own. They needed some help to get up because of their weight. They needed some help to get up. It meant to restore. Do you know what's happened in some of us? I'm about to be downcast. I gotta get up. All right, and so you know what's happened to some of our souls? Our souls have been wounded and they need restored. Does that make sense to everybody? He's got to go into the wounds, into the engine room of our lives, parts of our lives we don't, we don't even hardly know are there. And he's got to pick us up and he's got to put us back on our feet to make us right again. So that's what we're going to talk about. Would you pray with me? Right where you're at this morning, would you... Ask God to help you see down into your soul so he can help make it right. Father, we give you permission to speak into our lives today. Some of us are turned upside down and we are panicking because we are like those sheep. We will not survive long like this. And only you can turn us over and make us right again. Restore us, renew us, and speak to us today. And Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Three quick things to write down this morning. So how does the shepherd make right this emotional wound that's turned us over? Well, the first thing is we've got to let our shepherd remove our guilt got to remove our guilt. Now, that guilt can be, if you want to write down a couple of thoughts, they can be from mistakes, right? We've done something that we knew we shouldn't do. 
and we did it because it seemed right in the moment, and then we regretted it. You ever do that? You do it, and then you regret it, and you're like, oh, what was I doing? And then the guilt is like the new necklace that we wear, and no matter where we go, and no matter what we do, that guilt hangs around us. And we think, well, I need to be going to do this, or I need to be going to do that, or I need to be right with God, and we can't even make ourselves right because we feel guilty. And guilt's like that necklace that's really a chain, and, and there's something that holds us back from going forward. That's what guilt does. So some of it is guilt is from mistakes we've made. Sometimes it's guilt over something that we're born with, right? And that's a sin nature. And we know we're not right with God. We, we sit in church, we see our spouse worship, or we see our child worship, and we're like, I just can't. And it's a there, there's something not equitable with where God is and where we are. And, and I, I love how Paul said it in the book of Romans. Romans chapter three, he said, for everyone's sin and we all fall short of God's glorious standard and therefore we feel guilty about falling short, but we don't know how to right ourselves. We're like, I know I'm not right with God, but I don't know what to do. I remember I was 14 when I figured out I can't make myself right. I've got I've to have a shepherd turn me up on my feet to make myself right. He said, we all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God with his undeserved kindness declares we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of sin. Literally, it means he found us in our down state, our downcast state, and he made us right. For, for us, it's got to begin with removing that guilt that we have hanging around. See, here's what guilt does. Guilt keeps us from ever moving forward with God, whatever causes the guilt. We just don't feel like we're worthy. We don't feel like we're right enough. We don't feel like we're good enough. We don't feel like we measure up enough, and therefore we never move ahead. We just never move ahead with God. We always are holding back a little bit, right? Well, not only that, but number two, I've got to let my shepherd Relieve my grief. It's got to relieve my grief. I want you to write a little thought down. Ready? And the, the thought is this. Pain will visit your life. And it's never invited. See, guilt are things sometimes that we've done. Grief is something that's maybe done to us. We thought life was going to do this. And life gave us this right? We thought that it was going to be this way, and it turned out this way, and it causes grief. So sometimes grief comes from loss. Sometimes grief comes from hurt. Sometimes we've lost something. We've lost someone. We've lost something. We've lost a job. We've lost a house. We've lost a spouse. We've lost a child. It comes from loss of some sort. But sometimes grief doesn't come from loss. Sometimes grief comes from what we thought it was going to be. It's just an expectation that wasn't lived out. So I do a lot of weddings, a lot of weddings, and it's a spouse looking at another spouse going, this isn't what I signed up for. And there's a grief that comes with it. Here's what I know. That grief leaves wounds and here's the word I want you to write down under grief, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. That grief will isolate you. It will make you feel like, 
I'm the only one that feels this way. That's what grief does. Grief makes you feel like nobody else feels like me. And therefore, not only am I turned upside down emotionally, I think I'm the only one in the world turned upside down emotionally. So we're, we're doing group signups right now, and, and people get ready to sign up for a group, and they go, well, I can't go to a group because everybody in that group's got it all together. Not true, but that's what they think. So we did a survey of group leaders this week and what they've gone through, and you know what they all find out in their groups? Everybody's going through something. Everybody. We've all got grief. We've all got grief wounds. The question isn't, do you have the wound? The question is, what'd you do with the wound? That's the question. But grief strikes our lives. Broken relationships, broken promises turn us upside down and we can't right ourselves. I love how Psalm David said it this way. Listen to what he said in Psalm 31.9. Lord, have mercy because I am in misery. My eyes are weak from so much crying and my whole being is tired from grief. And see, grief causes us to isolate ourselves. And I will tell you this about isolation. Isolation will never lead to healing, ever. Only openness leads to healing. All of a sudden you say, well, here's what I've gone through and here's what I'm thinking. And somebody else goes, yeah, me too. What? You've been through that too? Well, yeah, me too. I, I've, been there, I've been there as well. But we can't when we isolate ourselves. We can't when we, we separate and we're like, well, I'm the only one that's turned upside down. I'm the only one going through this. Number three, we've got to let our shepherd replace our grudges. See, here's what, here's what I know. Guilt, not taken care of. Grief, experience, not dealt with, will lead to grudges. Grudge against God, and anybody else who you choose to put on the list. And what do grudges do? Grudges cause us to live like this. Don't let anybody close, right? There's something between me and you. What is it? I don't even know what it is. It's a grudge. Some of us, we got a list now. We got, we got people on the list we have a grudge with. They don't even know what they did. They're on the list, because we have a wound, a grief, a guilt we've never dealt with, and it causes a grudge. And that grudge causes us to keep people away. That's why Paul said in the book of Ephesians, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Listen, we go, man, Mike, nobody even knows I have these wounds. Why is it such a big deal to deal with them? It's such a big deal to deal with them because if we don't, it can affect everything in our lives. We gotta figure out how to replace and restore what we can't do, but only he can do. So a few years ago, we bought a little house in 2018. We lived in our old house 18 years, so it was home for the most part. I mean, we, was, we raised the kids there, and that was where all their friends grew up coming to. And 
2018, they're, they're off college. They're doing their deal. Casey's working. Mary Michael's off. I think she was getting ready to finish up. And, and Anna had been watching this little house. So we bought it August. We renovated it, moved in in November, and we get all our stuff in that week. And if you remember the fall of 2018, it rained all the time. I'm telling you, buckets of rain every day, which isn't a big deal. I mean, it rains, it happens. Well, I was in a meeting. We've been in like two nights. I'm in a meeting in Hiram at a church. Uh, I was hosting a conference with, with the pastor over at Westridge. And I mean, we literally have just started the meeting and my text goes off and it's Ann. She's like, call me. Okay, well, I'll call her my first break. Sitting urgent, it's not a big deal. And then, I mean, like two seconds later, call me ASAP. I need to talk to you. And so I'm hosting. So I'm like, guys, I got to get up. I got to, and it goes off again. Please, please, please call me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, she never does this. So I'm like, oh. So I step out of the room. I'm like, baby, what's up? She said, our basement is flooding right now. So we love an outdoor pool. We did not want an indoor pool, especially one we didn't sign up for. And so our basement we had a sump pump that was down there. We, it's not, we don't live down there. It's no live-in down there. But all our junk, we just moved in. Anything you don't want, the, the junk you don't want people to see, you take it to the basement. So it looks like, oh, Mike and Anna have got everything together. No, they don't. It's just all in the basement. And so it's piled up, stacked up, boxes. Fur, we downsized quite a bit. So a lot of furniture we didn't know what to do with, and it's all down in the basement. And so we have a shop vac. I mean, yay big. And she's like, I need you to get home. Now, any of y'all that know my prowess with being able to fix or do things, I'm really not much help, but I'm on the way, all right? And so I head out, I go on the way. Thankfully, we had an electrician there that was helping with some stuff. He got the little sump pump that had quit working. It had just gotten overwhelmed. And that water's gushing. And let me tell you the word that it was our life. We were panicking, panicking, because that rain was gonna be there all day and it's underground water that's coming in in from the door now it's not coming in the house but it's coming in the door I get home thankfully it gets the sump pump working and we start getting out but before I left the meeting I'm like guys I, I apologize I gotta go my house is flooding and one of the pastors that was there is a church planner from Alabama and he goes I own a restoration company he said I will send my crew right now and they're like two hours away he said I'll call them to head over. So I get there. We got a buddy there, that a builder buddy of mine, and we're down there. I mean, we're, we're getting it out, just carrying it up, pouring it out, and it's just beyond what I've ever, you know, some of y'all had something a lot worse. For us, it was a lot. And so we're like, we're going to lose everything down here. We're trying to get out. I'm mad. I've moved. I'm just going to be honest. God, you already know. All right? And so I'm ticked. I'm even there. I didn't want to be here. I thought we should have stayed. Our other house never flooded in 18 years. And Anne feels guilty because it was her idea to move. And we're going through all these emotions. And we've got church people helping us in the basement. So we don't say any of this. All right? And so, but all of this emotional stuff's going on. And we are just trying to get the water out. Just trying to get the water out. And finally, this company shows up. And they got the big truck and the hoses, and they come in. I mean, it's they're like, get out of the way. And it's like, they put them down there, and it just sucks that water up. It's unbelievable. Within like an hour and a half, 
they've got that thing dry. Well, in the little room at the bottom of the steps, there's laminate on the floor. And we aren't going to live down there, but, you know, it was fine. And they're like, do you want to remember, like yesterday, do you want to remove the laminate? You ever just done so much work, you're just tired of working on something? I'm like, no, I'm ready to chill. I do not want to remove the laminate. And I remember this kid, he was a kid. He goes, sir, you know there's water up under that laminate. I said, no, it's dry. Look at the surface. It looks good. He said, I promise you there's water under that laminate floor. And if you don't pull up that floor, you're going to get mold. And you're going to have problems a lot bigger than water. I'm like, okay, it's dry. And I pull up that first piece of laminate. And buddy, there's a layer of water under there. And he's like, until it all gets out, it can't get fixed. Great lesson. I'm glad we took the laminate up. Life lesson. Some of us have got some wounds in here. We need to get fixed today. They've been sitting in there for a while. And there's only one who can restore you. There's only one that can fix you. And he's the good shepherd. And he's waiting for you.